0: It's such an honor, Danny, um, to be a part of this amazing podcast you're doing here, and it's just really cool to be talking about this book. You know my work, and you've given it a lot of thought, and um, I don't normally get such good questions, to be honest.
1: (laughs) Your podcast is the one that I listen to when I want to listen to an interviewer who has actually read the book she's asking questions about, (laughs) and asks really interesting, insightful questions about it, and I think that's really special.
2: Thank you for your wonderful questions. It was a good chat, great chat, you're a good interviewer. So enjoy listening to the podcast.
0: That's brilliant what you do, honestly I'm so
2: in awe and we need more word nerds like yourself, people that are passionate about books.
3: Welcome everyone. We are now live on Facebook. So welcome to the Words and Nerds book party podcast episode. Uh, This will be into a uh, podcast soon, but we thought we'd, uh, you know, being Friday night, we'd have a ladies night in and we'd have a bit of a chat about Angela May George's new book. So we have a lovely lineup tonight and we're here to celebrate you and your book, Angela. So thank you for bringing us all together for this, um, your new YA novel, Step Up, Shine On. So welcome to you, Angela. Hi, Danny. Now, oh, we also welcome Georgia Free, broadcaster and producer for Hope 103.2 Radio in Sydney. It's lovely to have you here, Georgia. Hello.
2: Hi, everyone. Hi, Danny. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's
3: so great to have a ladies' night in, isn't it? Maybe one day we can do it in person. Maybe we'll <laughs> pencil that in for 2023 or something. <laughs> <laughs> We also welcome Bookish Bron, a book blogger and enthusiast. I can certainly relate to being enthusiastic about books. People are always saying to me, do you ever not like a book? I'm like, well, why would I talk about a book I don't like? I only talk
1: about the books that I love. So welcome, Bron. Thank you so much. I get a lot of that too. And um, thanks, Angela, for having me as well. Yeah, we I'm really the, glad
0: you're here.
3: Mm-hmm. We are the Molly Meldrum of books, Bron. I get it. Yeah, yes. <laughs> There's enough negativity in the world. I, I don't want to take up my life with that. So.
1: Exactly. I only read books I think I'll like and I like to talk about them when I do.
3: That's it. That's the way I think. world's negative enough. Just go on Twitter for three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so we are here to celebrate the book party, to celebrate Step Up, Shine On. So, Angela, would you like to start by giving us an elevator pitch as to what this wonderful book is about?
0: It's about a girl who doesn't back herself. She she purposely fails her exams so that she can stay in the lower classes because she just doesn't want to put in the effort. She doesn't want to put herself out there. She wants to fly under the radar. And, and it's all to avoid being noticed and judged and... You know, and she learns that, hey, that's probably not the best idea. Um, I'm not really living my full life if I do that. And it's her friends and her family that help her realise that. And it's I, I love it. I love the story. Mm, it's a great story. And just when you said that about, you know, and we'll talk
3: about women because we're all women here and we we'll live from our experiences. But do you feel like you've not backed yourself in life? Because I do all the time. Have you guys felt like that, too?
1: <laughs> definitely imposter syndrome all the time yes yes imposter yep. syndrome there's a name for it
3: absolutely <laughs> yeah. and then just that self-doubt as well so I think we yep. can even though we're not a YA audience I love YA books regardless but I think it's important even a message for us to sometimes you just have to back yourself and as well as that if you fail well that's okay you just go try something new it's not going to destroy you so it's a great message I think Angela thank you now Georgia You've got a
2: question for Angela. I'll throw it to you. I do. Angela, look, one of the things I love most about your novels is the celebration of ethnic diversity, but in a really real and authentic way. I love the way you weave it into your book so effortlessly. Uh, Especially in this book, Step Up, Shine On, we see Kat kind of wrestle with her Polishness and then (laughs) in the end learn to embrace it as, um, you know, she starts to really reveal her true self How important do you think it is for kids of Australia to read about different ethnicities, different cultures in their books?
0: Well, I just think, I mean, obviously I think it's extremely important and I think that middle grade to YA age group, they really need to see themselves represented in literature. So, you know, whether it be something about their ethnicity whether it be something about their sexuality whether it be you know you know a particular disability that they may have I just think that literature has a responsibility to um, show all different types of of people and and to have all different types of people see themselves represented in stories you do that so well. So I've loved it. <laughs> and hopefully it's funny.
1: I laughed on the first page. Like I was reading the first page.
3: That's a good and sign. And I was laughing. Yeah. Angela, did you find that, I mean, I found this um, being of mixed sort of culture and race myself, but did you find that when you were growing up, you know, maybe in the 80s or whatever, that there weren't many representations of you in books, TV, literature, etc.?
0: Yeah, I um I felt like everybody around me looked like um Charlene from neighbors.
1: <laughs>
0: yes, I feel that. <laughs> I was just this, I don't know, exotic looking, I don't know, Greek girl. Um but I think that when I grew up, I felt like I was the diversity in the suburb in which I grew up. And and I hated that. I hated being the only one, you know. It was it was crazy, you know. I I felt like we were the only ones blaring out Greek music in the car <laughs> when we we're washing it out the front and yeah no i i think um i think we need to show more of that it's mm, interesting because i i grew up you know an australian mother
3: and you know my identity was completely australian and it wasn't until i went to school that i realized that well people you know were, kindly pointed it out to me it wasn't kindly <laughs> at all but um, i did look very different and i was like oh okay look who mm. am i then so it's interesting and i'm i'm glad you have that diversity now that we um we might have missed out on or maybe we we're reading the wrong things maybe it's a combination of the two i'm not sure
0: no, I really don't think Danny, I really don't think there was anything for us to read. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't think there was. Otherwise, I would have read it. Mm. I'm sure my my mum would have bought me a book and said, hey, look, you know, there's <laughs> there's a story about, you know, a girl who's Italian or she's Greek or she's Chinese or whatever, and she's finding it difficult at school too. But um, but I think I think the first writer for me to represent um, just the the jokes and the complications of of being of a different ethnic background was Melina Marquetta in um, in the Alibrandi book. I just yeah. loved it. Oh gosh, I just read it and went, oh
3: wow. <laughs> you found yourself, yeah. Look, I'm still waiting for the Australian slash Indonesian slash Dutch protagonist. I, I might be waiting for quite a while. <laughs> you might
0: just <laughs> have to write it. To you, you know, Maybe. They say if you can't find the books that you want to read, you have to write them yourself. There you go. That's what I should be doing for Nano. (laughs)
3: Yes. (laughs) Bron, you have a question for Angela.
1: Yeah, and this, um, I think this leads on a little bit from that discussion. Um, I really love Australian literature and I was just wondering what you think makes it so special and why it's important for people not only to see themselves but also, you know, in this Australian setting and really specifically.
0: I think I think our humor is is so unique and the Australian humour is so unique and I think I think we've really grown up um, with diversity and I think now we're appreciating that we are different from the rest of the english-speaking world um, and I kind of noticed this because when my publisher Scholastic go to sell my book at International trade fairs. I think they read the first page that you read and laughed at, Bron. (laughs) They read it and go, oh what? (laughs) (laughs) So so I think I think Australian literature is just it's very unique in its humour. We have that self-deprecating approach, and and I think I kind of like it. I kind of think it keeps us all down to earth. So you know. I think it sort of battles against that, that whole silliness of the selfie culture and let's, you know, let's use a filter and look at me and look at me and then and then we can use this Australian humour to just go, oh, God, look at me, you know. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think that Australian, uh, Australian literature is really good like that. Yeah. I mean, of course, we've got loads of serious, topics that we write about too in Australia I know you know my first picture book was about refugees and I'm sorry but there's nothing nothing funny about that um so so I I think that you know as humorous as we can be we're also you know unafraid to tackle the big topics
3: Mm, absolutely. And you talk about backing yourself and believing yourself, and then you sort of couple that with the self-deprecating humor of Australia. But sometimes I find, you know, it's good to be self-deprecating. It's good to be down to earth. I definitely agree with that. But sometimes I feel like it makes us not be able to celebrate ourselves because people mm-hmm. are like, oh, like, you know, get over yourself kind of thing. And
1: mm-hmm. I think,
3: and I was speaking to someone. I don't know if it's the same for you guys. I'm interested to hear that instead of accepting a compliment graciously someone will give you a compliment and you'll be like oh no don't be silly or oh no I didn't try that hard or oh no it was nothing or I just mm. threw this outfit together mm. and I find that you know that could be kind of oh, a bit dangerous for us as humans as well because wouldn't it be nice to just be able to accept that compliment but we're so I don't know what it is if it's our culture or we're so full of self-doubt or we just feel uncomfortable saying thank you we have to deflect and say no 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 that can't be true isn't that do you, do you experience that?
1: I think that's definitely a thing and mm. I'm more aware of it now that like I have a daughter who's six years old and I'm really aware of not wanting to model that sort of not being able to take a compliment or putting myself down or any of those sorts of things in front of her. And it's really made me a lot, of, a lot more aware of um, when I do it and really trying not to and being mm. like, yeah, no, my hair is great. Well, yeah, oh, thank you. Yeah. My dress has pockets or whatever. <laughs> I love
3: a dress with pockets. Who doesn't love a dress yes. with pockets? Oh uh, Bron, that's interesting you say with a six-year-old. I've got a six-year-old daughter as well and they just, they they love themselves and they should because yeah. they're beautiful and they look at themselves and they just see this wonder and beauty in them as we do. But I wonder when that, that stops, you know, and I, we've all been teenage girls and that's fraught with so many things, but I wonder what the turning point is and what the external influences are that make you start seeing yourself in that more negative light
0: I think it's earlier now I think the external influences um come to come into play earlier because um children as young as six you know they'll stand over their mum's shoulder while she's scrolling through Instagram and things like that so when my daughters were growing up I I don't think that they had that because you know (laughs) I've got you know my daughters are quite a bit older than yours you know my eldest daughter is 20 so um yeah I I just think that because they've got access to those images they compare themselves earlier on so which is such a worry really Mm. such a worry what do you think Georgia um
2: I yeah I did have a lot of this stuff growing up, I think, really early on. Uh, I don't know if it was just an internal thing or if it was external influences as well. But I actually, um, a turning point for me in the opposite direction was when I moved to the States uh, for six months on student exchange when I was 15. I turned 16 over there. And there's something really strange about American culture. They just really don't let you put yourselves down. Mm. They just give compliment after compliment. And I found it so uncomfortable, <laughs> but, but six months of that, um, it just really changed the way I kind of thought about myself. And yet, yeah, of course, when you return home and that self-deprecation Australia will of, bring you back
3: to- <laughs> comes
2: back through um, even today, you know, sitting in a meeting with my boss and he's, you know, giving me praise and I'm like, Oh, this is so icky. Uh-huh. Um, but I think it is really important to just, I uh, don't know if it's a combination of, you know, a female thing as well um, as an Australian thing. I think it's just a almost, you know, two evils coming together <laughs> and when you're a, a young Australian woman, it's it's just really hard um, sometimes to kind of really build yourself up. Mm. Um, but I think it is really important to listen to the support around you, the people who mm. love you, because I think sometimes they have a more accurate picture yeah. of who you are than and kids do as well
3: you know my daughter i was feeling really sick one day and awful and you know i said oh you know i have to go out in public so i need to you know put some proper clothes on and she's like "Mom, i don't care what you look like i just want you to be my mom and i just went oh my god like (laughs) why can't we bottle that and keep that (laughs) when when we grow up you know (laughs) which leads us georgia into this very um good question about strong women
2: Yeah, absolutely. Look, Angela, I know, you know, you're the mum of two amazing daughters. I'm one of three sisters and I love, love, love reading about strong female characters, especially when I was a kid. Um, What do you love most about developing these characters in your books?
0: I love taking little bits of loads of different people I know, the bits I love about them and just, you know, building this character from all the different bits of people that yeah that I love it's it's an amalgamation of fantastic women and um and people often say oh wow so you know in my first novel oh is Dora based on one of your children I'm like no no she's (laughs) not and then and this new one, cat. Cat is a soccer player, and one of my daughters plays soccer. So, so it must be about her. I'm like, no, it's about every woman I've ever spoken to, and and that that's what being a writer is. You, 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 you don't know that you're doing it at the time, but you're you're listening to someone tell you a story, and you're just saving little bits in your head, and and. And it all just comes out on the pages when you're writing. It's, it's amazing. So that's what I love about creating strong women characters is that, you know, these characters are little bits of everybody that I know.
3: And what I'm really passionate about too, Angela, is, you know, I think it was the old days when there's a female protagonist, it was a book for girls. When there's a male protagonist, it's a book for boys. And I'm really against it. I have one of each, a boy and a girl. And so I'm really encouraging of just reading all books from all protagonists' perspectives because I really don't like that being trapped in this, oh, you're a boy, you can only read this perspective. You know, so I really hope that people, um, you know, start reading outside that narrowness of um, protagonists. Mm, you
0: yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, I agree. The publishers are completely on board with that, Danny. You Mm. know, my publisher, Claire Halifax at Scholastic, she's all for that. She's like, this is not a book for girls, Angela. This is a book. About (laughs) humans, yeah. And it's about humans and it's all
3: humans, you know. So, Mm. yeah, absolutely. Bron, you had a question about um, middle grade and YA books?
1: Yeah, I was just wondering, I really love reading um, middle grade and YA and find them really relatable even though, Um, I'm apparently grown up Um, I just I wondered whether you always knew that that was who you wanted to write for or whether that was just how your stories came out and what do you think it is that's important about you know writing these great characters and stories for people you know in those age ranges of you know primary school young adults
0: well, it's really funny, and I'm going to reveal this really raw side of myself. You know, you say that you're grown up, Ron, and and obviously I'm grown up as well. I can see the wrinkles. Yeah. As I speak. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I'm still that person I was inside when I was, you know, in high school and primary school, and and certain certain events still trigger feelings of, you know, maybe complete awkwardness or or that. uh, the sharp sting of rejection and and things like that i just think that as as grown-ups we just become better at hiding it but Mm -hmm. we still feel it and we still remember what it feels like and even though i do write for that middle grade ya um age group i know that you know older people like us read those books because they they can still relate yeah still relate to the stories
3: I agree absolutely. You know, I I love YA fiction, and um, I think it's got a lot in it for for grown ups. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us, grown ups. Up. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because you feel really young, and then you see yourself sometimes in the mirror, you're like, oh, hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> you know, very happy to age gracefully. You know, but Yet. sometimes you go, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I, I feel. I thought I
2: looked. Lot different. Georgia. Uh, sorry, just just finding my question here. (laughs) We're just having too much fun. (laughs) Yes. Uh Angela, I have a question. Oh, actually, this is for all of you about content saturation in the media. I think working in media myself, I see so much content out there, whether it's news or books or podcasts or social media accounts, and I just want to know that when you create your work, Angela, Mm. uh, do you write specifically for an audience that you hope will capture your voice or do you kind of put it out into the universe and kind of whoever grabs onto it, that's amazing? (laughs) Like what's the kind of, um, yeah, I guess thought
0: process behind that? I write my story and my publisher figures out who it's for. (laughs) (laughs) I love that yeah yeah no I um people think that you have all this control when you're a writer, but you don't you just you know it's a, in a way it, it is really an art you and you can't change your art it's just your self expression and 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 this is the way i self express <laughs> so so I can write a piece and and my my agent always has first look at it and and she'll sort of say, Oh wow, I can really see you know kids who are about seven or eight reading this are just loving it or oh this is almost adult fiction Angela (laughs) she says that always with a really um surprise tone in her voice (laughs) um and then and then usually she's bang on because the um the publishers will agree and say yeah yeah no that's it's great you know we can really see that for this age group you know whatever it may be so so no I I don't write specifically with Um, an age group in mind i just write and that's funny you say that georgia because speaking from a podcast
3: perspective with the lockdown i see new podcasts popping up all the time and you know you've got two choices you can go oh another bloody podcast but you can go cool another podcast talking about books welcome to the fold (laughs) and i've chosen the latter because it's too exhausting to do the former and you know if people (laughs) want to listen they'll listen to you um And everyone's got a point of difference, you know. We might all be talking about books, but we're all different, you know. I think I capture that kind of awkward, have no idea, but I'm doing type of (laughs) (laughs) post, you know. (laughs) It's not, that seems to be working so far I don't know that,
2: <laughs> that is not the vibe I'm getting
1: from you Danny, at all no same. That's, that's
3: just the narrative in my head right <laughs> yeah. that self-doubt that's self-doubt imposter thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, inside my head I was like no idea what I'm doing um, so I'm glad that's not coming out too obviously <laughs> but yeah I think um you just celebrate it and I don't know whether it's been locked down and people have been more inside or whatever but you know the podcast has just you know the numbers have just you know it tripled this last year and so you think there's 8 billion people in the world there's enough ears for lots of podcasts you know so i've actually been contacting other podcasts and say hey let's do a crossover you know instead of um you know we're not in competition let's just be together in this book community and celebrate books and wanting to talk about books i mean that's why i started it because my family were too bored of me talking about books all the time (laughs) (laughs) well I'll go find my people then. <laughs> what about so you, that's, Bron?
0: that's your why, is it? Is that
3: your yeah, why? Absolutely. That's my why. It's <laughs> like no one else would listen to me. So I'm like, well, I'm going to find people to talk about books with.
1: <laughs> what about you, Bron? You, you're you a book blogger? Yeah, absolutely. I think um blogging's an interesting space at the moment, I guess, because I, I think a lot of people do it, but that's not where a lot of people see most of their... Um, you know, engagement with people, everything's happening on on Instagram or a lot is happening on Instagram. Yeah, sure. Um, And there's a lot of Bookstagram um, accounts and it's really fun. Same thing, like it's just fun to welcome people, to talk together, to share, you know, our favourite books, all of that sort of thing. And I think um, probably something that I think about more is about the space that I'm taking up when I agree to review a book or you know, when I agree for a publisher to send me a book, am I the right person to talk about this? Um, what can I add to the conversation? How can I be, I guess, a good ally for some of the, um, you know, groups that aren't represented well? I don't want to take space away from someone else who could be talking, mm. you know, about an own voices. Yeah, I really book. like that. Um That sort of thing. And especially because I, I am a lot in you know, the YA space and I'm a little bit older than YA people and <laughs> so I do think like, I think a lot about, um, you know, saturation and space that we take up in that kind of way as well.
3: Mm-hmm. No, I like that idea I like that of considering whether you're the right person and I that is my biggest flaw I'm like yes I want to talk to everyone and then I end up having five interviews a week and then I'm like how <laughs> like, am I supposed to do this <laughs> I need a bit of your advice Bron
1: <laughs> I think you should do exactly what you're doing because it seems to be working very well
3: <laughs> I may need to sleep sometimes
1: <laughs> yeah it is sleeps for the
3: week right <laughs> Bron, did you have a,
1: a last question? Yeah, I did actually. Um, it's about it's about Step Up Shine On, your latest book, Angela. Um, so the protagonist cat, we see her grow. Like we've touched on that a little bit in our discussion so far. We see her grow a lot from the start of the book to the end of the book and change quite a bit. And I just wondered whether you feel like end of the book cat would have advice that she'd like to give start of the book cat. Or oh. advice that she'd like to give, you know, the readers of her book, the young oh, people. Oh, I love that question! <laughs> oh my god! Oh
0: wow! I think, oh, sometimes, sometimes I feel like Kat would just slap herself at the beginning of the book. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what are you doing? You know, like she really, she just, she just the way she she does not want to pass her maths exams because you know what if she's in the top class and like how is she going to deal with that pressure because she's got all this other stuff going on in her life and and you know she doesn't she can't be too good at soccer because then you know everyone's going to say oh you should be in the rep team and you know it put people putting pressure on her but but she's she's not enjoying her life she you know she talks about feeling like her her life is being spent in a waiting room waiting for you know all the excitement to start but you know it's not until the end of the book she realizes that she's the one that's responsible for opening the door and getting out of her own boring waiting room and (laughs) and it's done by stepping up and allowing herself to shine which I think
3: we can all take from that too, ladies. I think we need a challenge for the, not just the week, maybe the rest of the year, if we can do it, it might be too hard. <laughs> give compliments, like authentically and making sure they're real and accepting them graciously. I tried this for a day and then the person who I did the challenge with complimented me one minute later and I was like, oh, no, no, no. She's like, you're anything <laughs> already. What are you doing? I went, oh yeah, that lasted a minute. <laughs> Let's give it another crack. I'm ready to give it another crack. Um and we'll see how we go now i don't know if you know die walker but she's just commented and said what a great discussion so thank you Di.
0: is Di yeah, it's- oh she's um she's a beautiful presence on instagram and she's obviously a writer as well but she's just supportive of, of you know we were talking earlier on about how you know we're all women and and it's great to be strong women and to know other strong women and to encourage other women to be strong she's one of those women I love that
3: because there used to be this thing, probably not our generation, maybe before that, of women in, you know, rivalry. And mm. kind I'm of like, where does this come from? We love each other. We were not building communities together yeah. and building each other up and liking each other's pages and saying, you know, do whatever you want to do. So mm. I'm glad mm. that's a thing of the past, if, even if it was a thing. I don't know. Maybe it was just a thing that was in TV shows. I don't know. Pretty <laughs> <Too> much <laughs> Desperate Same. Housewives or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I really love that about Australian writers and Australian women writers that like supporting each other and the YA community. We see the authors, you know, shouting each other out and supporting each other all the time and it's just so nice.
3: Yeah, it's a beautiful community. It's you yeah. know, one, of the, one of the best, I think. Now, Angela, question for you. I ask everyone who comes on the podcast this question, <laughs>
0: why do you write? To get the thoughts out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I've got so much to say to this wonderful world, Danny. Yeah, and so much to say to young people as well. And and hopefully, you know, hopefully they hear my voice. I want them to hear my voice.
3: Well, I think they certainly did in your beautiful book. And we've lost Georgia because technology oh. always oh. does that. Um, You know, whenever you're using Zoom, if someone isn't, you know, coming into the background (laughs) or your sound's not working or someone doesn't disappear, you're not really on a Zoom meeting, are you? (laughs) (laughs) So we just roll with the punches here. But um, I was hoping we could say goodbye to Georgia. She might pop back on. Otherwise, we loved having her part of the conversation. It was probably a good time to drop off when we're wrapping up. (laughs) At least it wasn't earlier. (laughs) That's Wi-Fi for you, right? But, you know, what a joy. Oh, she's back. She's back. We'll just wait for her to come back
0: before we do the goodbye. (laughs) Hi, Georgia. Actually, if anyone, like, listening who who lives in Sydney, you should listen to Georgia's show um, on Hope 103.2. She's always just got, I don't know, just great stuff to say. Never anything negative, you know. (laughs) Well, that's good.
3: I I will definitely give it a listen. I've loved catching up with, um, you know, the four of us doing different things but contributing to, you know, the community in different ways and and, um, starting these different conversations about books and about women and about life. So, you know, it's been really nice connecting with you all. Now, we can't see George's face but she's trying to connect it's probably a wi-fi thing (laughs) but anyway (laughs) it's been a real joy chatting with all of you tonight congratulations angela on your beautiful new ya book step up shine on Mm, thank um, you yeah it's such a nice fun uplifting book and the characters are beautiful as well and what wonderful company um to have shared it with you know you and bron and georgia Georgia, out there somewhere,
0: lost, <laughs>
3: lost in the Wi-Fi, <laughs> lost in the Wi-Fi maze somewhere. But uh, thank you so much for being part of this Zoom party book launch, and thank you everyone for watching live, or watching later, or listening later. And that's the beauty of technology—you can jump in and jump out whenever it suits you. Remember when you know we were growing up? I don't know, you might be too young, Bron. I'm not sure. Um, no, I'm <laughs> not too young. Um, Whatever it is, I'm
1: not. <laughs> I know stuff. <laughs> but,
3: you know, when you're watching TV and you had, you know, three channels and you had to run to the toilet and come back mm-hmm. or get your snack and, you know, that just as the ad was finishing, you know, this generation will never know that, but you can watch mm-hmm. anything, anytime, whenever you want and pause it and go get your snack and it's all fine so we still remember and are scarred by those days so i think that's yes. why, why <laughs> and these kind of live stream videos are really great because people can tune in whenever it's convenient for them so i think that's wonderful
0: and thank you so much for celebrating your book here with us oh thank you so much thank you so much to both of you for always celebrating literature it's just wonderful thank you